What's the greatest enemy of order? That's right, chaos. And this is America's most chaotic podcast, The Pod People. I'm the master of disaster, the finger blaster, Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets, but you can call me Sonic because I love them chaos emeralds <laughs> and rings, hey. baby. Hey. Bring it! Hi, <laughs> I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I'm just trying really hard to picture the lobster. Or what does he say? Imagine the lobster. What you is... woke moralist. Yeah. <laughs> up yours, woke oh, moralist. Up yours, up yours, woke, woke. Uh, we'll see. Woke lobsters. We'll see who cancels who. Yeah. And after this podcast, I wish someone would cancel me. Yeah. Then I would just, I could just stay inside and not worry about movies like this. Well. You shouldn't worry about this one, darling. <laughs> you walked right into that I, one. I set you up. Well, yeah, we're we're talking about Don't Worry, Darling, a brand new film courtesy of Warner Brothers, one of Warner Brothers' only films that they're releasing for the rest of this year one after of one of two. <laughs> uh, and I think they bet their money on the wrong fucking hog on this one. Uh, well, we say that, but the movie theater we went to was was packed. packed. It was packed. Well, you know, I, I think that uh, that's that's a great segue into I think what might encompass the bulk of this conversation because I frankly don't have a ton to say about this movie other than that I did not enjoy it. But uh, there's there's a pretty big part of me. We're going to talk about all of the uh, the onset drama. Uh, that supposedly happened during this film's production that has encompassed literally its entire media cycle building up to it. Um, The drama and nothing else. And after seeing the finished product, there is that big part of me that wonders how much of this drama was, if not outright manufactured, at least exaggerated to make people interested in going to see this movie. It always is. Because uh, the drama is more interesting than than this film. Well, that's a tale as old as time. I mean, even if, like, the inciting stuff around it, like, is genuine, which, dubious. Like, but even if, right? Like, the the surrounding dialogue about it is often... It keeps people talking about it. It keeps Mm -hmm. keeps the film trending online in some form of, of fashion. Even outside of, like, what Warner Brothers' interests are, which... Uh, (laughs) um, even outside of that like surrounding outlets or whatever like benefit through having more exciting headlines Mm -hmm. so like I mean even if they are not trying for that the surrounding outlets are still going to amplify that of course and pull and pull the worst quotes and pull the you know whatever they can because that's what they always fucking do it's literally their job right like you see it all the time in interviews where like someone is sort of you know, like an actor just gives like a small side comment and it becomes, you know, misconstrued. Like, and it becomes the whole surrounding thing about the movie. It's it's like the, um, the, uh, the Future one where, uh, do you remember what I'm talking about? With the uh, fucking Hidalgo guy. What's his name? Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't go for Lord of the Rings. I went for Hidalgo. For, for Hidalgo. <laughs> what an interesting poll. Yeah. Well, my brain has worms in it. But the point is, is uh, apart from that, is that you know he he made some comment about fuck what's the name of the movie with the T-tan. car do you about Titan and oh yeah you know how 
And it, and it was completely blown out of proportion. And that happens every time. Yeah, I mean, that, this, that, is, that, this is a bit different. This is different. That only lasted a couple of days. It, it people did talk about it for a little while, but uh, that's a much smaller movie. I I, I liken it more to uh, the um, the media build up for the final season of Game of Thrones. You remember seeing all those clips of like best season about ever. yeah exactly yeah. reporters like coming up to the actors on various red carpets and being like what do we have to what, what can we look forward to in uh, the final season of Game of Thrones and they all just have this kind of like deer in the headlights look on their face and I was like ah uh, it's gonna be something <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well let's well, yeah to go into specifics a yes. little bit. The Harry Styles role was originally going to be played by Shia LaBeouf. Yes. I love Shia LaBeouf. I think he's great. That's what you're now canceled for, because Shia LaBeouf is problematic now. Oh, is he? Yeah, because apparently he was uh, uh, he abused FKA twigs when they dated. I, I don't know. Oh. Um, but yes, well, we should That's also mention the film is directed by uh, Olivia Wilde. Um, she has a big part in all of this supposed drama, but yes, Shia LaBeouf was originally supposed to play the Harry Styles role. They got all the way to production and, uh, he left the project because I guess he and Florence Pugh didn't get along or something. Yeah. And Olivia Wilde and the film's producers tried to frame him leaving as them actually firing him because, the stuff about his abuse allegations uh, from FKA Twigs got brought up. And so they fired him and replaced him with Harry Styles. Came out later uh, in an in, in a voicemail that Shia LaBeouf uh, gave to whoever, the media, that uh, Olivia Wilde really tried hard to get him back and, in, and uh, was even shysty towards Florence Pugh saying that the the difficulties they were having were her fault and not Shia's and like oh we can work something out I mean you see one daily of Harry Styles and you're begging for Shia LaBeouf to come back to your movie Jesus Christ I mean well yeah the introduction of Harry Styles into this production then kicked off a whole additional thing because uh he and Olivia Wilde began an affair on set, yeah. supposedly. Olivia Wilde was married to Jason Sudeikis, and yep. she cheated on him with Harry Styles, ending in a divorce, messy divorce. Well, yeah, they say. there was the video going around of her being served divorce papers on stage while she was doing press for this movie. The, the premiere of the trailer of this movie. Yeah, somebody, uh, a process server came and served her divorce papers on stage. <laughs> That's so not professional, I, that, it's not. It's that. That's this like whole, this, this whole thing. This whole thing is like, so that's... is is so fucking like soap opera messy. Yeah, and you know the vast majority of this is conjecture as well. Like we obviously don't know what is true and what isn't. This is just the stuff that is in the media. But um, apparently, also because she was having an affair with Harry Styles, she was. Uh, absent from a lot of the days of filming of this movie she would just like disappear for long periods of time so 
some AD on the project said that Florence Pugh actually ghost directed most of this movie because Olivia Wilde just wasn't around. There's an article just today that came out that I didn't read because honestly, I don't care. But uh, apparently Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde got into a big screaming fight on set in front of the whole cast and crew one day. And then to top it all off, Harry Styles may or may not have spit in Chris Pine's lap at the premiere of the film at Can yeah. Tiff? Tiff. Tiff. Yeah. That's and, what it uh, was. Florence Pugh didn't do any press for this movie. That's right. She's like distance yourself. Apparently that was due to their onset fight. She went to the producers and says that I'm not doing any of the press tour for this leading up. And she didn't really. Wow. Which is kind of crazy considering like she basically carries the entirety of the movie on her back mm-hmm. and then yeah. she's you know just absent for all the marketing promo and stuff for the yeah movie. You, you know it's and, it, and it's funny it because hearing all of this stuff led me to believe that the direction in the movie would be bad and i don't think it really is i think a lot of my problems with the movie are just a, a really bad script yes and some some terrible acting (laughs) mostly from harry styles but uh yeah i mean i think the film is competently directed i don't know what was olivia wilde and what was florence Pugh or whatever the fuck was going on it's certainly well shot it's well shot cinematography the the production design is great oh it's uh yeah um i was i was really i i Here's the thing. Like, the film has a very nice veneer. I know I know that like you you found the film to be very boring, and I find that to be quite justifiable. But for me, I love production design, and so even when the film like might have been boring for the most part, I was really swept in and taken in by like just the all of like all of the sets. Yeah. Like it's so carefully made and so beautiful and so meticulously 1950s i mean it's a it's it's a pretty dollhouse it looks nice but it's hollow yeah mud which is uh i feel like uh apropos for the for the movie you know yes the thing is i feel like i've seen like this production design and stuff done in like movies like the stepford wives literally every literally everything this movie is trying to do has been done in other films most of the time better. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so uninteresting for me is like the first like two thirds of the movie I found extremely boring. I didn't, nothing much really happens. There's a lot of like kind of trippy, uh, like hallucination dream sequence kind of things. But I find that totally uninteresting if there's no weight behind it. And it's like, I just feel like this is trying to do what David Lynch does so well and get at like, ooh, what if there's a dark underbelly lurking beneath this nice veneer of polished, pretty Americana, you know, in the 50s too, especially. It's like, this is just... I know Blue Velvet is set in the 80s and takes place in the 80s, but, like, 
the blue velvet does everything this movie's trying to do so much better except for the stupid fucking twist i have another comparison that i think is just as comedic and that's last night in soho last night in yeah. Soho also yeah. is like, an, a, like there are, our protagonist has an obsession with the 50s and she slowly starts to be driven towards what she thinks is madness mm-hmm. and it has a lot of like that same like the, the sort of attempts at psychedelic cinematography where characters like look in different directions in the mirror and there's there's a lot of other moments yeah. like that and where reality is like quote breaking down um and it is comical to put these two next to each other i mean mm. like that last night in soho is a it's one of my favorite films out of last year, or was it this year? I forget. It was last year. Yeah, one of my yeah. favorite films out of last year. Um, I've seen it twice now. It's it's so much fun to look at, and I I'm just it was a so good movie. Compelled yeah. by the protagonist, and I tried really hard with this movie. Ben and Tease, like there were a few times, like a third or so of the way into this movie, where like you guys were giggling, and I was like, I was almost a little disgruntled by it. I was kind of like, oh, I, think, I, I, I still think this is neat. Like, come on, like this movie could still hold out or whatever. And you guys were kind of giggling at it, and I, I was, I was so on board. Two thirds of the way into this movie, I was, I was intrigued. I was having a great time. I thought the execution was okay, and then, and then it just fucking eats shit. And I was, oh, we'll talk about it in a bit, but like. Uh- the writing, oh. though, even in the first two thirds, is just bad. It is, but like, it's it's nice to see like Florence Pugh so in her element again after Midsummer. I I was thinking about this like halfway through the movie. She is very good in this because she's always good. Yeah, but Big if, Florence if Pugh, you th- if you think about it, she's basically just playing the exact same character she did in Midsummer. Yes, yeah, it's it like. She makes the, the they're sh- they're shocking they're shockingly similar. It, it's a shame like this is a visual medium because like there's a there's a very distinctive face that or mouth that she does where her lip kind of kind of comes down the midsummer face. The midsummer it, beca- face. it became yeah. a meme. Everybody knows yeah. Pugh, the midsummer face. She does it a lot in this movie too. Yeah. Um, but well, like, it's I mean it it, all, it always feels so earnest to me. Like Florence Pugh is like one of my favorite examples of like a, like a really gorgeous person like knowing how to do an ugly face like <laughs> sure. like she is she's really good at doing an ugly face and it and it makes her her characters so much more believable and earnest to me um i was talking with someone about this uh about like uh arcane like the animated series is like it's it's not afraid to have those like really like beautiful characters doing just super ugly expressions and it it, it feels so much more genuine small stuff but see yeah. You know. One of the the interesting things about casting Florence Pugh as the lead in this is this movie is very much doing the Stepford Wives kind of thing. Mm. And, you know, in those movies, you know, you have, was Jane Fonda in the original? And uh, Nicole Kidman in the remake? And, like... I've never the, seen either. They're good. Yeah, I've they're either. Good. But, uh... In the movies, they are kind of very subdued in their expressions. Mm. And Florence Pugh is super expressive throughout this whole movie. And it was just kind of interesting seeing that difference here. Um, You know, at times watching this movie, I almost wondered if it would have been better getting someone a little more subdued. Mm. Interesting. Um, You know, I I kept thinking of, like, Betty Draper and Mad Men and how much... 
But that Betty Draper's whole deal, like, is only really works in like long format television. You know, like that slow. She's so good, though. I don't know what you mean. Her transition there, like, um, I wish I'd see her in more stuff. Like, she's such a great actress. Um, what's her? Do we know her name? January Jones. January Jones, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I see what you mean with that, and that would have been nice to see as well, but... I kind of don't mind it, just because I'll sort of be vague about this, but, like, it sort of makes sense that she's not as subdued as you would expect from this type of, like, suburban 50s housewife, because... That's not really what she is. Yeah. Right? To provide some context for folks who haven't seen this movie or haven't seen the trailers or whatever, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are a young married couple who live in this kind of uh, manufactured community out in the desert where all of the men work for this uh, sort of secretive victory project. Um, they're this very isolated little community out in the middle of nowhere, and it's all headed up by this handsome, charismatic, uh, cult leader, essentially, played by Chris Pine, and throughout the film, Florence Pugh's character starts to experience and see some things that make her question the nature of her reality and this whole community and what's really going on what is the victory project consider the lobster that's what he says consider the lobster and she's she's doing that finally pretty much the first two-thirds of the movie is just florence Pugh's slow descent into quote-unquote madness and she has a lot of kind of trippy hallucinations yeah, and so spooky, spooky hallucinations. hallucinations. What's going a very on here? Montage sort of kind of. Yeah, it's like it is expressionistic. It, it, it is kind of montagey because, like, even though it's not like a traditional montage, the scenes are just kind like most of the movie is just like scenes of ooh, look at what weird spooky thing happens here that is weird and unnerving okay now let's move on to the next scene I where did. there's some kind of spooky unnerving thing that she sees i did like that happens the sound to her. design oh yeah sure the sound design i i liked the, i thought the score was pretty interesting there's a lot of like uh textural sound sort of creative and, like ooh, vocalizations yeah. yeah like um i think there's been a lot of films lately we've been watching that have a lot of this it's very, like it's sounds, very in vogue know? right now. Yeah, yeah it's um, very popular. I'm here for it. Like it is, it is very uh, expressive. I dig um, it. Yeah, sure. and I and I always tend to like it. But like, I can think of a lot of movies that like do a better job with that kind of sound. And Honeydew comes to mind. And men, just men this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, men. Like the sound job was so good in that. But um, here, what I think does particularly shine is like the textural stuff. Mm. Um, I love, like, when she's, uh, picking up the, the eggs out of the egg carton, and she's crumbling them, the textural sounds sound in that are, good. The are, are like, good, yeah. the empty, crumbling shells, yeah, like, the foley kicks ass in those, like, it's really, like, yeah. gross, but dry, and I, it's hard to describe, like, uh, and... It's a lot of that, like when she's putting the saran wrap around her head and stuff, and like to me, it took it Ooh. took those scenes that were like, 
Right, kind of like, oh, I've seen it a billion times before, and it still gave me... It's like, like oh, man, she wraps her head in saran wrap yeah. and starts to asphyxiate, and then she takes it off her head. Ooh! And, like, I, I <laughs> certainly didn't find it unnerving or scary, but, like, technically, at least I could appreciate it. Yeah, sure. It. I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, like you're saying, from a technical perspective, there's a lot of craftsmanship in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of good craftsmanship. I would say it's devoid of... Uh, much artistic merit the film is but there's sure. there's a lot of there's a lot of very good craftsmanship it feels very film schooly in a lot of respects in that hmm. they're trying the script. to aim for images rather than backing their thrills up with actual narrative drive yeah it's uh, that feels coherent it's like let's make a cerebral film but there's nothing Cerebral. They think they're much but it's smarter total, than they it's, actually yeah, it's, are. It's totally, yeah, and it's totally empty at the end of the day. we saw all the time in film school is people trying to do these weird, trippy visuals or, like, uh, you know, cool set pieces and, you know, weird things. Let's, let's try showing someone wrapping their face in saran wrap. And uh, the 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 Nick Reffin school of filmmaking, yeah. style over substance, and that's the the core problem of this movie. Is like the script didn't have that drive to really emphasize the thrills in uh, a coherent drive. Way. I get it, Nick Reffin. Yeah, yeah. real yeah. real Full human circle. being, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, a real Kill hero. hero. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that the script was written by uh, Dick Van Dyke's that. grandson. Scramson? Uh, Scramson. 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 Yeah. His, his, uh, his grandson. Apparently this script or the screenplay or some version of this has been floating around Hollywood since like the mid-2000s, since like 2007 or something it like that. It would have been a lot better if it had come out then. I maybe the age, the era of like dumb twists, yeah, dude. Like yeah, that would I, I guess prime. that's fair. Primo. Yeah, well, that that you know that that's an interesting point you bring up because we are like fully in the era of like elevated, quote unquote, elevated horror. Sure. And this film presents itself as that yes. when it's, it's even got Florence Pugh in it. When it's a much much dumber film, and I think mm-hmm. you are you are onto something. If this had come out in like 2007, like a low to mid budget, like quote unquote horror thriller, I'm not saying it would have been good, but it. <laughs> I think it would have fucking flopped then too because it would have sure. felt more derivative. Of things that came out more recently to that time, like the Matrix or the Truman yeah. Show, right? But it wouldn't. But it wouldn't have had the kind of uh, uh, prestige word of mouth that this film has uh, or was trying to cultivate in the lead up. You know, yeah. it would have. It would have just been the kind of like mid budget shitty movie that they dump into theaters, a few people see it, and then people forget about it. And I, I don't think this film is going to have a lasting impact as it is but we are in an era where people see a trailer like this movie has and are like ooh you know something something smart something <laughs> something uh edgy something that ha- a film a film that has something to say finally a get out for us white women <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
that is what the film ultimately ends up yeah. becoming. Yeah, to get out for white is women. Get out for white women. Which, frankly, disrespect to Get Out, like, which yeah. has a much better twist in it. Much better. Just a much better film. Yeah. Well, that's 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 yeah. kind of interesting thing about this movie is that like I feel like a lot of the people involved in this film are too good for it. Yes. Yes. Almost. Absolutely. Almost. Almost everybody except Harry Styles. Like Florence Pugh is definitely too good for this kind of movie. Mm. I would even say Chris Pine is too good for yeah, this kind Chris of movie. Pine, I don't think he's a great actor, but I do think that he... Maybe. I mean, he's in those Wonder Woman movies. I want to say he deserves better than this, but, like, maybe not. But, like, Olivia Wilde, even though this is, like, her film, I think she's better than this. I mean, she cast herself really well. I think always liked Olivia Wilde. She's, like, as as an actress, she is good in this. Yeah, yeah. she's good in everything I've seen I think she fits the role probably best of anyone in the film Mm. because she has that look to her. Of kind of 50s housewife almost. And uh, the character has some complexity yeah. to it. I, and uh, I will say... Nick Kroll her, has a small part in this. He's way too good yeah. for this as well. <laughs> we can come back to it later. But like one of her last scenes uh, in the movie uh, where she kind of like delivers a lot of exposition or whatever. I actually... I didn't vibe with that, but I guess at that point I was so oh, really? angry with the movie. I, that was one of the few parts of this movie that I liked. Really? Yeah, yeah. We, we can we can come back around to it. I, yeah, I she... felt like they're, they're back and forth there. Like, I, I didn't feel like they were talking to each other. Mm. Like, there was a weird, hmm. like, I don't know, there's, there's a, like a weird disconnect between, like, the words that they were saying to each other and, like, I didn't feel like they were feeding off of each other. And hearing, because this is my first time hearing that, like, they had, like, screaming matches on set, like, that kind of makes a little bit more sense to me. Like, I don't know. I thought that there was, like, a disconnect there that would make sense if the two had been, like, having, like, shouting matches with each other, whether or not that happened before or after. Well, I I agree with you, Ben, that she kind of feels like the only character who fits the setting. That was something that was driving me crazy for the entire movie until the the twist reveal when you know it starts to there there actually is a reason for that but uh the reason makes no is, sense, no it's fucking stupid it makes God, no it's fucking, fucking sense, stupid that's the it. thing like Boys. even if you have that setting <laughs> Yeah, are it we? Makes no can sense. we please? Can we? Can we please? I, yeah, I'm I, dying I, to talk I, about how dumb this movie Can I make a joke is. first? Sure. Whatever you want. You can cut this out if it's too much. But get out for white women. More like get out of the kitchen. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> we'll keep it in. Yeah, I mean that's that. You're quoting. You're fake quoting them saying that. Yeah, like absolutely. Like no, here. God damn it. One final thing uh, is um, I did I did lean over to you guys uh, partway into the film and I said like, you know, I kind of feel like the guy in the meme like where he's pointing at the butterfly and being like, is this WandaVision? You know, because again, it's that same like it's a- aping David Lynch's aesthetic while saying way less. Yeah. And yeah, it gets into that. So let's. And let... it's a pretty picture devoid of a lot of authenticity. Mm-hmm. And in fairness to the film i suppose there's a reason for it yeah we're, we're going into spoilers already yep. for let's, like the last let's give a general recommend no recommend no, no. okay Jesus. i don't recommend oh, look, it. if you like don't recommend if you like yeah. if you really really like set design sure and then some and sound design like 
the the first two thirds are 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 great for that. If you want to watch it, a really nice looking movie with some good actors in it that's totally devoid of any substance, then I guess go nice see this movie. It looks nice on Dolby. If you yeah. have a list, maybe, but don't pay to see this. Uh, no, if you're curious, if you're wait really for curious. streaming. Don't be excited about the twist. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. The, the twist is revealed, and I did not verbally call this beforehand but i did in my head call it as i was trying to figure out what was going on in the movie we should have fucking sat down and like made predictions on it too the whole fucking thing (laughs) surprise surprise the whole thing is a simulation jesus fucking christ i was so mad it's a fucking it's a fucking simulation they're actually in present day not the 50s and this is some elaborate computer program set up by a faux Jordan Peterson and a bunch of uh, incels. Discord moderators. Discord <laughs> moderators to allow loser men to uh, live in a fabricated reality with hot women of their choosing and, you know, have a, have a, a traditional 50s patriarchal life with the wife who stays home and cooks and cleans and has a martini waiting for you when you walk in the door. The, the, the dream of all of those fucking loser return to tradition guys they they were smart enough in this universe to build an elaborate simulation now neo in one hand i have the red pill in the other hand i have the blue chew Choose wisely neo this this movie is kind of like if the matrix was created by incels instead of uh yeah. instead of machines from the future yeah that is and yeah, that's that's the big that's the big reveal. Uh, that could almost be fun. Like that's what I hate about it is like if the tone was like other movies have done it better though. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like so many other movies have also done it worse. Yes. Sure, fairness, fairness, like, yeah, but not by much. No, this right. Is... Well, like it's it's just like I was really interested and invested. In where this world was going. I want, I want to get into a few of those things. Like a few of those questions. Because this movie brings up a lot of questions. And almost every single one is a red herring. And I hate that. Yeah. One or two is fine. But like you can do a simulation twist. That's fine. If you set it up properly. You know? Like you can do um, whatever dumb twist you want. Like I, I've seen most of them done in some capacity well. But you have to, like, follow through on all of the threads that yeah. you've laid out. Otherwise, like, you're just getting, like, tangled in your own mess and then just kind of giving up on it. And if you were, See, if the writer is giving up on it, why the fuck should now, I? Now, I know, I, know I know you hate our boy M. Night. I, yes. know, you, I know you hate Shyamalan. Correct. Not but, always. His but, early stuff is okay. But the village does this same premise better so ever I, I, it's I not seen a, village, it's, it's I not the... even a great movie but it does this basically say, except instead of a simulation it's real life which it's is it's better, real it's frankly. real life but yeah it's an it's an isolated community where they pretend it's the 1800s Yo, and i'm like i'm it, so much more on point for that like i and, and that's i think why had me like so hot pissed about this is one of the 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 setups is um there is a constant rumbling in the in the town yeah that they're in 
like there's earthquakes we hear what sounds like shelling in the distance like there's bombs there's talk about like what's under the town there is um yeah all the men go to do their work in the the victory project headquarters which is called the like, victory project which is very world war ii you know like it's total all, total red herring yeah, yeah you think you and, think they're of course developing weapons or something it's yeah. like it's not the fun kind of red herring because it's conjuring a lot of imagery in the mind right like oh yeah what are the bombs how are they controlling these pe- how are they controlling the women because it's pretty clear that they are right like like from the outset like we get it it's set in the 50s just by like setting like making your setting the 50s all of that connotation is already known yeah like before before well before we know that it's a simulation we know we can intuit that the real goal of the victory project or whatever is control this town is very controlled. Yeah, like that's gives the whole, whole thing. About, uh, gives a whole gives a whole lecture about how he hates chaos. Right, like, well, and order is is what's to be strived for. He has, and that's why you have to make your bed. Yeah, exactly. You have to clean your room in order to slay the chaos dragon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that's as simple as that. See now. There, there was some some uh, some press before this movie came out talking about how Chris Pine's character is based on Jordan Peterson, and with some of the like hollow platitudes about order and chaos, like yeah, sure, that's there's a lot of those kind of buzzwords. You know, it's revealed later that Harry Styles gets into because he's one of he's like a fucking. Uh, online dark web intellectual or whatever they fucking call those people. Um, you know he's listening to the podcast on YouTube uh, or whatever. Can you imagine but, listening to podcasts? But the the, the the my biggest problem with it <laughs> is they make Chris Pine seem way too cool and collected. If they're really trying to base him off Jordan Peterson, he needs to be weeping constantly <laughs> over nothing. Well, he I, needs to fucking be working himself up into fucking teary rants. So, going into this movie, I felt the same way. Um, so, recently on the far opposite side of the aisle, um, <laughs> uh, the, the Hunter Biden movie just came out. Mm. And in that, they do the same thing. Where, like, it's supposed to be, like, a hit piece on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, but they they really fuck up because they make Hunter Biden look super cool. And, like, the whole point is to make him him out to be, like, a shitty, like, fail son, and they they can't even do that, and they somehow end up making him look like, like a badass. And, and don't they make Joe Biden seem like some sort of, like, dark mastermind, like, pulling the yes, strings yes. instead of just, like, the senile old automaton that he is, like, or, just or stumbling through any, everything? Anything to make him look pathetic, but, like, they, they, they can't help themselves, you know? They can't because, help make because they're making them seem cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, but, but here's the thing, right? Like, in that shitty movie, it's literally Hunter Biden. It's literally Joe Biden, right? Like, here... I'm willing, like, especially once I got into the movie, like, I really enjoyed Chris Pine's performance, and I'm willing to, like, let allegory be allegory, right? <laughs> like, like that's fine. And frankly, too, I thought it was neat. And I, and I think that, okay, the reason I like it here is because that seemed like it was the intent. Like, the intent here is to say, yo, what if Jordan Peterson was actually, like, Was cool actually and smart and yeah, capable. this is what would happen. And I kind of like that idea. So I don't, have, I don't have too many qualms with that. I, I, I get it. I think it's... 
I think it's a little bit disingenuous to like to try to imagine that anybody like Jordan Peterson could ever be intelligent and organized enough to put together something mm. like this. I feel like it almost gives too much credit and credence to the idea of people like him as a quote unquote threat instead of just some pathetic weepy motherfucker who uh who incels listen to sure here's the thing too like we see that going into the simulation changes how you are right like harry styles when we see him out of the simulation he's like this uh pasty Gross-looking, greasy motherfucker, yeah. stringy hair, four chan Discord moderator-looking motherfucker, and then when he goes in, he chooses to be British, <laughs> and he's debonair and whatever. So that that implies that you know, out of the simulation, Chris Pine is probably grosser. This than is, he is. And we this never is true. We never see. This yeah. is a segue into. If you can change how you present in the simulation, why do they look the same at all? Right. Why do they fucking look the same at all? Why do they even need real women? Yes, that is that's that the that's the big thing that gets me is they establish that like the children in the town are not real like none of these none of these imprisoned women are actually having babies like the children are part of the simulation so that begs the question why do they need to bring real women into this at all for their plan it seems like I, I mean, as we see from the film, that that is their ultimate undoing. I guess there's an argument that you can make for them wanting so desperately to control these women, these object of their desire, that they have to, you know, force them into the simulation and brainwash them and give them fabricated narratives and so on and so forth. But it just seems like so much fucking work like if this simulation is so perfect and elaborate that they can have children and people working in the town and all of this shit why can't they just simulate themselves some perfect subservient subservient wives and they can just fucking rot in their simulation because if they did that then we wouldn't have a movie right like that's the only fucking reason It doesn't make any fucking sense to me because we learn, too, that when all of the men go off to work during the day and leave their wives at home, they're leaving the simulation to go live their real lives and work jobs to continue paying to be in the simulation, and they also have to somehow nourish and water and care for the comatose wives who are never out of the simulation like what what is the appeal of any of this from and their perspective i don't fucking understand it and how do they get the women to begin with the, the first fucking incels right the, the bit right was- harry styles and florence Pugh we see are dating in real life before the simulation he's already got her like they he he has himself a girlfriend in real life why None of this shit. Uh, this shit is so stupid. It's so yeah. un, it's so underwritten and not thought out at all yeah. under literally any scrutiny. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Serenity. 
with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. No, it, I think you told me about it. It though. came out a couple years ago. It has a very similar twist to this, albeit in a very different way. Similarly, Batshit. I don't think this kind of twist can ever be pulled off well. I think ultimately, this it's sort so of trite. this sort of film structuring is the same thing that a show like Lost got itself stuck into, where you start writing questions and you keep writing questions into your script and by the time you get to the point where you need to answer them it's too late you know you're already in the last 30 minutes you're in the last half of the season yep you know and (laughs) suddenly you have to wrap everything up and it's never going to be satisfying. Well, Where's your fucking puzzle box now, JJ? The problem, uh, the where problem is, is, is that this <laughs> this movie and this script is a like textbook case of dumb guy intellectualism. Yes, and you know, from one perspective, dumb guy intellectualism is what people like Jordan Peterson offer. Folks like him, Ben Shapiro, these fucking losers are academics for incredibly stupid people. Yes. The kind mm-hmm. of people that dumb people think are smart. And there's the part of me that would be like, well, this dumb guy intellectualism of the film is sort of self-referential about what the film itself is about – the problem is, I do not think that the, the film has that kind of self awareness. No, no, the intent not, is not clear. Yeah, I, I don't think the intent is there. Yeah, I think that that like there is sort of an unintentional meta-referential sort of quality to this film in a lot of ways. In that, like, it's about a dollhouse that is beautiful but empty. And it itself is a dollhouse that's beautiful but empty. Right. But I don't, like, I genuinely do not think that that is the intent of the film. I think that's incidental. Right, well, like, normally in this sort of Gilded Cage setting, the main character rises above the Gilded Cage because they are not hollow. Right? Right. And And that's kind of true here. what they, they, they hit those beats... But they don't follow through on those beats. The the biggest question of all uh, that that like and and frankly like I think is more frustrating than anything else with this movie. And we're like I I stopped caring because it, it, I felt like the movie wasn't caring anymore. Yeah, is Florence Pugh figures it all out. She's in a simulation, and she hops in the car. She drives off, and there's all these people trying to stop her, and there's get, people are getting in cars, and they're driving after her, and who cares how the logic works? Why there's can't a the bunch red of, guys... There's a bunch of Agent Smiths like, in red jumpsuits chasing right. her. But, like, unlike with Agent Smith, who... Agent Smith knows he's in the machine and was made by the machine for the machine. Right. Because uh, any machine like that or system would have protocols. These red guys, the red guys in red jumpsuits still operate like people? And so, like, why can't they just warp into the car and fucking take her out, you know? Good question. Like, like, why can't they do anything? It's a fucking simulation. I don't really any, yeah. But she just kind of drives out. Um, like, is there not somebody sitting in, like, a mass, in, like, a, at, like, a master computer, like, overseeing the simulation and, like, 
making changes and yeah. stuff on the fly. And like, I have to wonder it's if, like, like in the original Matrix. script, like, there was something like that, where, like, there was some sort of final, like, confrontation between, like, Florence Pugh and Chris Pine. Because Chris Pine is just sort of forgotten about at the end. Like, we, the last shot is, like, him being, his like... His wife stabs like, him. Go after him or whatever. His, and she, his wife stabs him, and she's like, it's my turn now. Bitch, what? What? And she doesn't do anything with that. No, like, we don't see yeah, anything like, okay, after cool. We don't see In anything case, after that. Have the co- final confrontation be between her and her, her Florence Pugh. Also, we don't see... We are not cued into any reason for her to stab him. No. Like, like the, the previous scene with her is her, like, shaming Florence Pugh for being an idiot. And, like, clearly she sees all the strings. Like, she knows what's going on. So why does she stab Chris Pine? She's fully aware of the scenario. She's on board with it. Like, what... What caused, like, Florence Pugh never has an opportunity to say something to her or whatever to, like, change her mind or plant a seed. There's no, there's no seed. Well, this is, it's because she's a girl boss. Oh, my God. And girls get it done, mm, okay? Florence Pugh spends the whole movie literally yelling at people, something is wrong here, this is not right, like, we're being controlled, we're being leashed, and everybody just laughs her off. Yeah. Well, and but then at the end, there's this mo like after she kills Harry Styles and like walks out into the cul-de-sac and everybody's out there. It's like by her mere presence alone, all of the other women are suddenly awoken. Like that doesn't I. Well, that's the yeah, thing. What? Like I think it, part of the problem there is the Margaret subplot of this mm. other woman in the community who figures it out first. figures it out first. yeah and is That's trying to warn just them yeah. terribly miswritten like if you want to do glitch in the matrix stuff mess with it yeah. you know like i know they're trying to cover up what the twist is until the third act but honestly i think this movie would have been way more interesting if they had that twist halfway in or less than halfway in, and gave us more time to have that actual kind of chase and expand on that stuff, because it's so brief. It's the first time the movie gets even remotely interesting, and at that point, like, this movie is long. It's, It's two hours, and it feels it. It feels longer than that. And the waking up from the Matrix and, like, the final chase and stuff and escaping is, like, is kind of interesting. Like, it's it's decently well handled. Like, it's not bad, but at that point, I'm just, I was totally checked out. Mm. By the time any of that shit happens, I just could not give a shit anymore. And I think you're 100% right. Like, if that's the angle you're going to take, introduce it way sooner. Well, look at look yeah. at The Matrix, right? Like, and it's it's so funny that I'm 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 bringing up The Matrix as like the prime example and is a better movie because let's be real, The Matrix is a schlock film too. But I don't like, even I least... don't like The Matrix that much, but yeah, films but... like this give me a greater appreciation for The Matrix. Yeah, it, it, frankly, it, look, it looks like a fucking masterpiece next to next i mean you know and, and frankly too like so many films like aped off of the matrix both right. in like story and aesthetic well and the matrix and, like, it did have the a, matrix you know. itself borrowed heavily from stuff that came before it well but, ghost i mean like the wikowskis literally said like or quoted as saying like they were just trying to make a live action, shell, yeah. live action ghost in the shell and like 
that's fine. Like, you know, like, I don't have anything against the Matrix for that, but, like, the, you know, the, the wire works cool. But um, uh, <laughs> the, the point is, is that the Matrix, the reveal is in the first act. Yes. Like, you, you find out very early on you're in a simulation, and it carries on from there, and then we just get to explore the world and the world building and, and like, figure out, like, okay, we're in a simulation. Let's explore what that means. Yeah. And and that's exactly. the rest of the movie. I and, think that's and like, the, and like I think find that's, out what are the rules. I think that's the only way to make the whole story of it was a simulation interesting at all. Yeah. In at this yeah. point, like it's been done so many times that like guessing that something is a simulation or a dream the whole time they're all ghosts. It's a joke. There's, like it's a stand-up it, it is literally bit. such a trope at this point that it is a joke. I think and the fact, I, I think it's been a joke for over a decade. I yeah. agree. I agree. And the fact that in 2022, we're getting a film that's still trying to play that angle 100% sincerely. Self-serious. Is baffling. so baffling. Yeah. Like, it, I literally said out loud in the movie when it fucking happened when that reveal happened god fucking damn it i knew it yeah i heard like you. i i could like it's so fucking frustrating i felt insulted yeah, by this movie I mean, it is it is like when, an insulting it is, it's intelligence like seriously yeah. we're really doing this again like yeah. we're really doing the it was a simulation the whole yeah. time thing again Again? I mean, my thing was like, oh, all that for this? Because yes, again, like, exactly. Yeah. Here's the thing: the the airplane stuff set up, right? Like, um, we had like the, the kid carrying, like, dragging the airplane across the 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 sand. We have her uh, holding the, the 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 woman who who kills herself. Like, we have her like beforehand, like holding the airplane and praying. We have um, the airplane that goes overhead. It's clearly signaling that something is wrong. Okay, cool. There's a theme here. Yeah. Finish the thought. Like, like. Okay, cool. Like, the airplane is what cued her in to like finding out what's up over the hill. You know, and like she goes up there and like touches the glass and like orgasms or whatever. Like, I don't know what happens. Like, she touches the glass and I guess like kind of gets out or something. Well, we that's that's the implication is that like yeah, you touch the 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 booby building. And the big nipple. The big, the nipple. big you, nipple. You, you, t- you touch. <laughs> I did turn to Cleve at one point, and I was saying, the, "I called it the big nipple." Yeah, yeah you touch. You touch you the did. big. You touch the big nipple, and that's your way out of the simulation. So Florence Pugh gets out. She gets. She gets out early. We don't see it. She gets out early, but then Harry Styles is there to put her back in, and they brainwash the memory out of her that she got out. And so then at the end, she gets out the same way. Whatever. But you you mentioned that the 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 Margaret character. She she we see her. She kills herself. She slits her throat and falls. But then later they tell us like, oh no, she's not actually dead. But. We learn towards the end, they even have a line that if the men die in the simulation, they die in real life. If you die in the video game, you die in real life. You die for real. If you die in the dream, you die for real. Uh, Fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. but, But that applies just to the men? Why? I want to say they were trying to cover that up. Like we yeah, never see her maybe. again. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. So, There's the thought. They keep telling us that she's okay, though. 
Yeah, the men are gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Because that's part of what this movie is all about. Just men gaslighting the women yeah. all the time. But handled so fucking clunkily. Here's the thing, you know? Like, like, all the themes uh, here, like, in a better I, movie, I'm super on board see, for. Sure, yeah, like, I don't I don't deny the, the existence of the patriarchy and, like, the systems sure, of control of that men exert <laughs> over women still to this day. But, like, this movie just, it, like, it's telling me that it has something to say, but it doesn't. No. It doesn't have anything well, new to say. And again, like... The... Everything this movie's trying to say, I can see from fucking watching the news or scrolling Twitter. Yep. This movie's not saying anything new, right? And frankly, too, like or at interesting. The, at the end of a long workday, going to see a movie is a really nice escape from from that. And again, I, I love well written movies that get into social con- commentary and politics and whatever else like that. Sure. I'm here get for out it. Is great. Get out's get a great out, example. Get out fucking slaps. There's, there's so many great examples. But the thing there. is, is... There's an ocean of them. But out, outside of that, Get Out is entertaining. Yeah, but exactly. Well, it, exactly. It's entertaining, and it still, it still gives me... It gives anyone a world to get lost in. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, that's like the contract that we sign, right? Like, hey, we're making a movie... This is this is uh, an entertainment piece for you. You're paying money to go and see this, you know. Like like let's give you an opportunity to escape for a little while and to get out of get out of the world. And again, we can talk about themes, we can talk about reality, we can dig into all that stuff or whatever. But at the end of the day, like there's still like like a world and there's still like texture to like grip onto and to escape from, you know. And, like and whether it's an escape or not, the real good movies leave you with something to think about when you're going to bed that night afterwards. When you're laying down and you're closing your eyes and you're thinking about the great movie that you just saw and you ha- and it's like, "Oh, you know, that I now that I think about it like this thing is uh, you know, indicative of such and such thing, whatever." Um, that's well, not a particularly I mean, elegant yeah. way to say it, no, but, but like this movie has, I, I don't feel like there's anything. Look at the lighthouse, I, right? I yeah. don't, I don't think, I don't think when I'm laying down to go to bed tonight, I'm going to be thinking about this movie and having like any revelation. Well, I think it will, I will for, I, I do think it'll leave Cleveland up at night thinking about the ending specifically. Yeah. Let's dig into that. Um, cause I've, I've been trying to get to it. Constantly, like Florence Pugh driving across the desert, being being assailed. I, I'm I'm really trying to get to the end. So like, yeah, she she goes through all this bullshit, and she gets back to the nipple building, and and uh, they're all trying to stop her, and they can't because she's just too cool. And she 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 puts she puts her head against the glass and bit back to reality. Except we don't get that; it just goes straight to fucking credits. Now here's the thing: in the previous scene, we saw her strapped to the bed. We know. Her husband is dead next to her. Yeah. He died in the game. He died in real life. She is strapped to that bed, and she's plugged into the machine. So even if she wakes up, she can't get out. You know? Unless she, like, hulks out and, like, fucking rips out of those bracers or whatever. Like, she can't escape. And the fucking cowards and idiots don't show us that. She touches the glass to escape, and then we cut to credits. And it's, like, it's not an Inception thing where, like, the thing is left, like, wiggling in the air or whatever. Like, the only thing I'm left with is she's strapped into that bed. She's dead. Like, there's no other, like, solution there unless we were able to see her wake up and puzzle her way out of the restraints or something. You know? 
Like, because those are fucking hospital restraints. Like, so she's strapped into. Like, she's not getting out of there. The system was designed for that in mind because they set us up and showed us that in the movie. Because she yeah. tried to escape before and she couldn't get out. What's different now? Right? Like, someone else, even if it's not the Jordan Peters, the Chris Pine guy, like... The, the wife took over, so someone is still running this shit. Well, yeah, Olivia, Olivia Wilde says to her, like, like you have to get out now. They're coming to kill you in, in the, the real, real world. world. So there's and still people like, coming. How she is she... The, the movie, like, sets up, like, what how the fuck? Like, how the movie she tells us that there's still, like, drama happening. And then it just cuts to credits. Fuck you! And you know what? Fuck you! Like, and you what know what? Shit? You're 100% correct, but why do I give a shit? Right. That's well, that's what it comes down to is like you are And what's from, the lesson there? From from a narrative and logical standpoint, you are 100% correct. What happens after she wakes up? The movie doesn't care, and I also don't fucking care. I don't give a shit. And I envy you. I don't give a shit. I really yeah. don't. Because the entire two hours prior to that has conditioned me <laughs> to not give a shit. Because why should I? Yeah. Because the movie doesn't think... Like, at that point, I already have so many fucking questions, so many fucking plot holes that, like, clearly the movie didn't think of. So, what's one more? Why did they have to bring women in in the first place? Who fucking cares? How is she going to escape when she wakes up? Who fucking cares? The movie doesn't. The script doesn't. So why should I? And, and like, I see that. And the reason I still get bitter about it is because I guess I'm just baffled. It's like, how can you look at that and not see it? How can you be so fucking dumb? And you're right. And like, I agree with you. Like, how, <laughs> how can you be so fucking stupid? stupid and and it's like and again there are so many names tied to this movie that i respect that have been in other great films and there's so much competence in so many of the other aspects of this movie mm -hmm. in execution and the budget is massive like and oh it's yeah from like a huge studio like were there not test screenings because I would think that a single test screening would tell you half of this stuff. That's what I'm right? saying, though. And, like, that's, I... You know, like, there's... It, there's probably, a, it probably did. I think that's why all of the media leading up to this was about the onset drama. People eat that shit up. Right. People... I mean, fuck, we spent the first 20 minutes of the show talking about it because it's more interesting than the actual movie. Like, it is... Fucking tabloid soap opera drama. People love that shit. And I think they, pr I think the studio and probably everybody involved with this film knew. They knew. And the only way, especially with Warner Brothers saying this is one of two movies that we're releasing in the rest of this year after the HBO Discovery merger, whatever, they're like, we gotta get people to see this thing. We gotta get people in the theater to see this thing. And we gotta come up with a reason to entice people. And what's the easiest way to do that is make everybody be like, ooh, messy drama. I bet the movie's gonna be a mess. And you know, it was. The audience at our screening was a lot of white girls, you know? Yeah, and young, young white women. White yeah. women love their messy drama 
a lot of times as you know basic white women we should say not not all but like i think feeding that is playing to their audience in a way at least sure. if they're cynically marketing this you know knowing their product is mediocre yeah so i i certainly would believe that a lot of this drama was played up yeah, you know? played played up at the very least. Like I, I mean, demographic I, aside, I'm yeah, sure but... I'm sure a lot of it happened in some form or fashion. Sure, but like, yeah. but like, man, the fact that that is literally all that was focused on in the lead up to this, and because they knew that their star Florence Pugh was not going to do any press for this movie, they knew that ahead of time. Yeah. So how do they build hype for this? The the video of Olivia Wilde getting served divorce papers, you know was viral months ago so how do you how do you build up hype for this you lean into the fucking drama you lean into the bullshit the onset bullshit and what is also really what is at the heart of the drama is a cat fight yeah is florence Pugh versus olivia wilde yeah and that kind of shit sells it does it sells you know, and frankly, I feel bad for for Florence Pugh for getting wrapped up in all of this shit. Like, I I do think that her performance in this for what she had to work with is very good. I think that oh, she yeah, I mean, she carries the movie. She on her is back, she basically. is what she is not phoning it in in the slightest. She is acting her ass off, and she's a very good actress, and she does manage to be interesting she she manages to be a good character despite the shitty film that she's in and if it's true that she sort of ghost directed a lot of this like i think she deserves credit for preventing this from being even more of a disaster than it already is at it what it ends up being is extremely mediocre and frustrating it could have been a disaster there's a lot of theoreticals we're throwing out here obviously yeah, all we speculation don't, we, don't of of yeah, of we don't know any of the real story but um what i will say is like regardless of whatever i will always respect someone who decides to just kind of like step out of the scenario yeah. you know and just kind yeah. of let go of the reins for whatever reason it may have been like at fault or not likely not florence view deciding to just like not do the press circuits and the rest of it like i find to be pretty admirable yeah i i don't blame her at all she 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 did what she needed to do on set for this film from a production standpoint. She acted her ass off and maybe directed a good chunk of this film and then stepped away and said, this is a fucking mess. I don't want to be any more associated with it than I already am and stayed out of the press and all of that shit. And frankly, good on her. I think out of everybody in this fucking movie, she comes out looking the cleanest. Yeah. Chris you Bryan know? probably following after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether whether Harry Styles actually spat in his lap or not. Um, yeah, I think Chris Pine comes out of this looking all right. And plenty of the, the minor characters as well. We we haven't really talked about it. Uh, we, we can mention it briefly and then I want to end this. Um, Harry Styles, terrible in this movie. Oh, just fucking god off. Fucking It's no awful surprise actor. that for the majority of the movie... Everyone is has an American accent except for him, 
and it's obvious because he can't fucking pull his off accent, acting to save his life. His accent is unidentifiable. I I truly thought he was trying to do an American accent for most of this movie until one of the characters explicitly mentions that he's British. <laughs> and and I would go so far as to suggest the possibility that that line was an add-in because yeah. he was doing such a bad job of trying to do an American accent. Cuz the thing is like he is British but his accent isn't quite decipherably British through most of this movie. Yeah. It is all fucking over the place. I don't... I truly do not know, outside of name recognition, how anybody thinks that this dude is, like, a viable actor. Like, he is terrible in this movie. Yeah. He look. He looks good. He's he's very handsome. He's yeah. a very good-looking gentleman, and but he is an awful actor. And in this movie, where most of the other actors are are good are good to great, the comparison is stark. I want to ask. I don't really have a dog in this fight, but I want to ask. Do you think that there's any chance that? the bad accent was intentional because his character is American and he's like, just not good at it. And he's just trying to live his fantasy, but he's not good at it. I think, I think there's a chance of that. Cause I can see it. If that's the case, I think they need to make it clearer. Yeah. I think they might have kind of leaned into that. See, in, I, in reshoots and posts. I said it when we were walking out. I want to reference another film, but I know it's a movie we're going to talk about on the podcast at some point, and Cleveland has not seen it. And if I say anything about it in comparison to this film, it will spoil that film for Cleveland. So I'm not going to do it. I appreciate but, you, but Ben, I'm going to I'm going to send you a message on Discord yeah, later. Yeah, send me a message. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a message on Is Discord there any later. Abstract hint you can give. I mean, a word or anything that won't. Point, yeah. No, no, we'll we'll okay. we'll talk we'll talk later. Yeah, yeah. but uh, there, when we eventually talk about that film on this podcast, which we probably will in twenty twenty three, I'll circle back to this. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate. You. I'll circle back to this, but I I think that it's not outside the realm of possibility that he was purposely flubbing his accent because the character's American trying to pretend to be British. But if that is the case, we don't have enough of him doing a good, clean American accent in the real world to make that obvious. And so when it comes across... Is that we see so little of real world Harry Styles in this movie. We only see the fake world. So if the bad acting is intentional because his character is a bad actor, that does not come across. It just makes Harry Styles look bad. It just makes Harry Styles look bad. His performance is distracting in this movie. I found it distracting. Yeah. Um, For a good half of the movie, just trying to parse what kind of accent he's doing. Because... In a single line delivery, it oscillates between, like, American and English and, like, Australian and, like, Boston. Like, it's all over the place. 
And intentional or not, it it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, honestly, like, that's one of the things I was chuckling at the most during the movie. It's just every yeah. time he kind of opens Every time his he mouth, goddamn opens was, his mouth. It was a surprise. Every time <laughs> he goddamn opens his mouth. And for, like... Like, the first third of the movie, maybe, he doesn't have more than, like, two or three lines at a time. And I was like, they trying to hide this? They trying to hide his bad accent by not letting him talk too long? But then there are, like, several scenes where, like, him and Florence Pugh are, like, fighting. And he's, like, yelling. And, whoo, boy. Jesus Christ, that delivery is so bad in those scenes. What the fuck is going on with his accent, man? I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm tired of talking about this movie. Me too. Let's yeah. fucking rate it. Um, uh, 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 two out of five. I don't know. I don't fucking care. Two out of uh, five. Yeah. This is the future that Mark Zuckerberg wants. <laughs> the metaverse. Uh, the gra- the the graphics are too good. <laughs> honestly, like I again, like I wish they would have introduced that earlier because I want to see like. People starting to clip out of the the skybox oh, and uh, yeah, uh, Clip, clipping into the floor, <laughs> well, aliasing wasn't... errors and people's faces not loading in. Well, it was clearly like not made T-posing. by someone technologically savvy, like, and no one technologically savvy was brought on to consult in like the script writing or pretty much any process. Oh, in terms of like the simulation you're talking about? Yeah, they didn't really care about that, which I think could have been cool if they'd been a little more bold with that. Well, but... yeah, cuz like getting into the simulation, it's like a Ludovico technique where they like prop their eyes open and then Clapper shine a style. little laser. Yeah, Ludovico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shine uh, lasers in their yeah. eyes, which are the simulation, I guess. Yeah. Um but yeah, this movie is a fucking mess and pretty awful um this is a one and a half out of five for me oh yeah i'm torn i really like the set design and a lot of the characters and stuff hey follow your heart bud they just really fucking ate shit if you want to give it a five you can give it a five (laughs) (laughs) fuck that no i mean much like the the airplane that uh Florence Pugh sees in the movie it doesn't stick the landing uh, <laughs> and then disappears He's like, I'm gonna forget about this movie I think pretty quickly yeah yeah uh two two is fine uh I want to give it a 2.5 but that's like that's half. generous it's too generous for how fucking much they whiffed the end yeah and they really whiffed it hard well, what, what were the tremors? I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. And what who, was the and airplane? Who, and who, who cares? cares? Really? The, and who the movie cares? didn't care. Why should I? Why should I? <laughs> but I want to care. Well, I like caring. That'll give uh, care. Put your effort into caring about something that's more deserving of your right. care. Uh, right. I shouldn't let this film train me to be apathetic. That'll that'll give. <laughs> don't worry, darling. An average of one point eight out of five pods. Uh, again, see it if you're a masochist, I guess, or you're really curious, or you really like Florence Pugh, don't pay to see it. Um, next week, next week is pretty special, actually. We, we called a little bit of an audible, um, because originally, not sponsored by Amazon, original, no, originally next week's episode was supposed to be the Munsters, Rob Zombie's new whatever, um, (laughs) But 
something a little bit more uh, more urgently deserving of our attention happened. A little film called Barbarian came out. Uh, sort of came out of the blue, and uh, we desperately needed to talk about this film we've already recorded the episode uh it's very good hannah barbarian hannah barbarian uh it's uh we talked we talked about this movie for a long time it's almost the episode's almost two hours long there's a lot to say it's a fantastic film that's a great example of doing a lot of things that this movie did wrong Go see this movie before great. listening to the episode if you can. We give, slaps. we give plenty Absolutely of spoiler slaps. warnings at the beginning of the next episode. And recommendations to see it. So but let's this do, is this is your this is your encouragement. Go check this movie out before you listen to the the next episode. Don't read up on it. Don't, Don't read up on up it. Any Don't watch a trailer. Just fucking run. Go, and go, see, go it. see it totally blind. You'll be very happy you did. So that is uh, that is your first warning on that. Um, your second warning is the sponsor of this podcast. Yeah. What is that? It is a piece of paper with the word Tulpa on it. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Why do you hate me? Why would the sponsor show? You should hate the sponsor show. Not you, son of a bitch. Why would the sponsor shelf remind me of a shitty movie right in my time of darkness? Of a good movie called The Empty Man. Uh, A movie that could have been great. Which is going to be removed from HBO Max very soon. Go watch The Empty Man. You should Because it it. doesn't have a physical release, and after they pull it from HBO Max, I don't know where you're going to be able to watch it. You want to talk about mostly boring movies with some good moments, but, like, Jesus Christ. The... The, Don't listen to Cleveland. The Empty yeah. Man's a good movie. It's boring it's as a, shit. It's a long, and, and frankly, it's a long too, messy movie with a bunch frankly, of great ideas. The Empty ideas. Man has a lot of the same problems that this movie has. Like, it's boring for a good portion of it, and at the wrong, end of it, you're like, was wrong, any of it, did wrong, any of it mean anything? Wrong, like, wrong, uh, it, 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 and, wrong, oh man, but the visuals are neat. Oh wait, no, that this movie is the same wrong, in that respect wrong, too. Oh, damn. Wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, this uh, episode is, uh, yeah, much, much like the empty man, uh, uh, inevitably hollow, uh, and and missing the point. All right, no, it's not the hollow man. It's it's the empty, the empty oh, man. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, sorry. It's the the bye bye man, or is it the pee pee poo poo man? Which one is it? I forget. Oh well, the scat man. The scat man. Well, that'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. Oh God, please end it. Yeah, we go. We're going to do it. If you would like to end us, leave us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Why did I make that Apple plural? I don't podcasts. know. I mm. um, Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Choose your own support the pod adventure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter you. at PodPeoplePod and at Letterboxd.com slash PodPeoplePod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. Uh, I'm on Twitter at SumSpookySnake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for LightArc Studios. We put out progress on its stairs back. I am also working at DreadXP, working on some fucking dope games. Go check out all of them. They all fucking slap. Just and again, speaking of choosing your own adventure, just just go play any of them. They all fucking rule. Oh my god, I'm I'm living my dream, y'all. It's great. Well, 
thanks for listening. And if you're afraid that you won't hear these sweet voices again, don't worry, sweet darling. We'll be back next week. What the fuck was the rumbling? Bye!